0: You still
1: doing graphic design stuff i know that that was kind of a huge hobby of yours um off and on i it's definitely become a hobby right now i just don't have the time but i still have some like graphic design goals i want to achieve like primarily cool. making my own deck of playing cards and designing it from the ground up Dude, that'd be so sick um oh that'd be it's so like, dope i just have these ideas floating around so like every once in a while i'll like make a note i have like a note pad in my in in my uh, notepad app on my phone or notes, it's called, I just have like a bunch of different like board game designs, like playing card designs, like podcast topic ideas. Like I just kind of. We've
0: never like formally introduced ourselves. Like I'm thinking of this whole thing right now. like, people don't even know that you're, you have like 500 games at your house. They don't know that you're a professional magician and that you've done shows and you've done like these big events. I'm like, people only know the boring stuff they know that we work you know they <laughs> they know that we're, <laughs> that we're trying depressed. to su- <laughs> yeah that we're trying
1: to succeed in this quote-unquote life that we're trying to be good at mm-hmm. but they now don't know like, like the
0: hobbies you know
1: i feel like we should do an episode each where like i sort of interview you to introduce you and then vice versa let's do like that'd be really those cool. separate specials um that'd be a fun one because i think i think there's so much we could talk about i could talk i could interview you for easily an hour and and talk about you and your experiences so i'd say that's that's worth a full episode we could do that at some point
0: dude that'd be really cool i'd like
1: to do that yeah well shall we get started let's do it dude let's do it Let's get into it all right everyone thanks for sticking with us so far this is episode 9 of without a mic um we've actually got some big news this week uh couple things first off spencer now has a professional mic so that (laughs) we're finally (laughs) official yep we've got our our black yeti microphone so we're we're live with hopefully great audio Um, the second big thing is we actually this morning spontaneously made an instagram account for the podcast so it's just called without a mic Um, if you want to get updates on when episodes are dropping, um, sort of follow along uh, with us in one group, since a lot of people listen to this on Apple podcasts or Spotify or Google podcasts, it's kind of a great place to bring everyone together and sort of cultivate the community that we're looking to, uh, in one location. So feel free to stop by. Um, we'll be sharing it on our socials, but if you don't know either of us, um, that's a great place to go. Again, it's just without a mic. Um, and that is on Instagram.
0: Yeah, we're excited. I mean, we're kind of taking these, these steps in the direction of, of doing this more often, right? I mean, we started the year and we said, Hey, let's do two a month. And then we said, let's do three and also kind of a spontaneous decision over the weekend. We decided, no, let's do four. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's also, that's, that's a big announcement. Um, just so everybody understands kind of the schedule that we have, we do film reviews on, on what we like to imagine the biggest film that came out that month. Right? So that's why we did a review on Harry Potter, the reunion episode. We're going to be doing one on Batman for this upcoming month. So we do film reviews and then we mm-hmm. do industry updates and then we do, and I'll, I'll, I'll do it in this order, but we can change it, but we do film reviews, industry updates. We do TV reviews and then we do, What we like to call kind of a real life topic, you know, a vulnerable topic that we all can relate to. Um, Because once again, we're human. Uh, Roger Mm -hmm. and I, we're, you know, we like to consider ourselves young, but we have a lot to learn from each other and other people. And I feel like it's kind of therapeutic to talk about it. So those are the four topics that we're planning on doing every month. So uh, an episode a week. And we're excited. I mean, we're on the socials now. We're making creatives for it. Um, We love bringing people on. We had Joel on um, for the last episode, and we're looking to bring more people on, and we've had a couple people reach out. So it's exciting. We love the feedback. We love people wanting to be on the podcast, and we're just excited. We love these topics. So um, let's dive
1: into it. Sounds good. Um, So this week, we've got quite a few fun uh, bits to talk about um, but I'll let Spencer start uh, we've got some information on the Oscars which we're both excited for we'll be doing a special episode going over the results of the Oscars after it's done um, but let's go over some of the nominees that we've got
0: yeah so just to make it clear so if Oscar nominations will come out tomorrow they'll be out by the time you hear this episode so we have no idea who the nominations are going to be But we figured that we would do kind of the top four of what we think, or maybe just our personal, you know, thoughts on, you know, best picture, best director, best actor, and best actress. Um, We kind of want to mention who we think is going to take it, you know, who's going to win these awards. Um, I'm excited for the nominations tomorrow. I actually made a reminder on YouTube to remind me about it so I can put it in the corner while I'm working. But there's a lot of kind of... I don't know, random, like random situations going on. I think like the standard movie goer who loves movies, but they don't dive into it. They'll say Dune is number one, right? They'll be like, oh, Dune is, you know, or Spider-Man. They're probably like the top movies to take it over. But there's really these, these smaller independent style films that are phenomenal. And I think that they'll have a chance. So let's talk about best picture. Cause mm-hmm. I, uh, this week I'm going to go see Belfast. I've okay. seen it. Uh, it's it's directed and written by Kenneth Breno. And I fully believe without even seeing it that that is going to win best picture. I just, wow. I, for some r- weird reason, I believe it's a story about his life, his upbringing, or at least it's like a love story to his upbringing. And it's made in Belfast with, I think, 90, like 95% of the cast are from Belfast. And then there's a couple like big names that are not. Um, but oh, wow. I think it's going to be Belfast. I think another kind of title contender is Power of the Dog with Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. Um, which did you did you end up seeing that yet? I know it was. I on still haven't.
1: List. It's on my list.
0: It's very raw, so it's 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 a slow burner. It's raw, mm-hmm. but Benedict Cumberbatch does such a phenomenal job. It's awesome to see. Um, wow, I can only think of her as Mary Jane Watson from the Tobey Maguire.
1: Oh, Kirsten Dunst.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, Kirsten Dunst. She did really well. And so, seeing that slow burner, it did such a great job. They actually won the Golden Globe, I believe, for best picture in a drama. My personal desire is I wish it could be Dune. I just thought Dune was brilliant overall. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't as box office y as Spider Man, of course, but it was so just well rounded with acting, with cinematography, you know, with directing, with the type of you know, camera work that was used. I know I had some nitpicky things on that, but I think overall it was such a slam dunk. And so my personal wishes would be Dune, but that's kind of my overall picture for best picture. What about
1: you, ma'am? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, I, I don't think Dune will win, but I, I would like to see Dune win. I think, I think there's something to be said about originality and Dune was so different and successful. I think, You know, these Marvel movies, they don't usually win or like these big, these big like commercial movies. It's usually something that's more like artistic. And there's definitely been sort of a not formula, but sort of a blueprint, if you will, for sort of what movies, what type of movies win the Oscar for best movie. So I think I think Dune would be my choice. Um, It kind of reminds me of sort of the year that The Revenant was made like i feel like the revenant for me was like my pick that year because it was so different and like out there and sort of experimental um and it didn't like leo won best actor for the movie but they but the revenant didn't win best picture so um that's sort of how i feel with dune but i could see it being uh power the dog or um what's the other one uh king richard Oh, yeah, is that one forget about King Richard. That is a good one. That's probably another one. I, I think that's a good lead into who will win best actor, but I, I think it'll, I think it'll be Will Smith for, for King Richard. Um, okay. I, I, again, I kind of, I want to see, say Andrew Garfield should win it for tick, tick, boom, but I think it, I'm kind of that, that way on a lot of things. It's like, I think it should be this, but I <laughs> believe it will actually be this. So. My pick yeah, would be Andrew Garfield for me, but Will Smith is who I think will win.
0: That, that's uh, honestly a really good take. First of all, I will say, I don't think we really need to do director because I think whoever, whatever the best picture is, is going to be the, the winner. So it's either mm-hmm. going to be Kenneth Breno for Belfast, in my opinion, or it's going to be, um, I forgot her name, but this would be her second nomination as best director for Power of the Dog. And I'm going to hate myself for forgetting her name. She, um,
1: did she win no she it's got not,
0: nominated before Oh, okay um, let me see Power of the I was gonna say
1: director. chloe zhao won oh no
0: it's not chloe um it is jane jane campion so she oh, is okay. yeah just real quick and while i'm looking her up i also think denise deserves it you know for dune because mm-hmm. like you mentioned the previous on-screen adaptation of dune was so bad and he brought this story from a book that many people don't like
1: mm-hmm. into,
0: you know, on, you know, onto screen as one of the most well sought after films of the year. So mm-hmm. um, I think he has a strong pull, but you know, I, I definitely think um, power, of the dog or Belfast have kind of a stronger pull, but, um, but to go along with best actor. Um, Cause to your point, I am a huge fan of Andrew Garfield and I feel like I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking, Hey, he deserves to win it. Um, I saw both King Richard and uh, Tick, Tic Boom, and though they both are, are based on true stories and they're both based on real life people, um, Will Smith, as brilliant and talented as he is, he had the capability to watch homemade videos. He, he had the ability to watch how this person acted, how their humor was, how they talked, because he made a lot of a lot of videos, a lot of homemade videos while in Andrew Garfield's case, not only was he singing, which he was not professional at doing his forte before his film. <laughs> yeah. But it was also on somebody who, you know, spoiler alert, passed away. You know, I believe he was 30 before 35 years old. So there wasn't a lot of film or a lot of homemade videos to capture of this individual. So I thought it was in, in regards to that playing field, Andrew Garfield, Really, I just I think he deserves it. But I will say I think Benedict Cumberbatch kind of has an upper leg with power of the dog. He was so gritty and so meticulous. And you don't know if you like him or if you hate him. And I thought he did such a good job with that he is a range with the way that he does his dialects, with the way that he does his acting the way that he does his emotions. And so Benedict Cumberbatch is definitely not somebody to overlook. But I think if it were up to me, Andrew Garfield would be my choice.
1: It's so fun to see. I, I feel like my favorite performances are the ones where an actor does something that's totally different. Um, like Steve Carell doing fox catcher, Like, for example, I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Never saw um, it. It's based on a true story, but it's it's sort of a story of it's got shanning Tatum and, and Steve Carell. And he's a I believe he's a wrestling coach. It's been a while, but he's like a. A dark manipulative like abusive character which is mm. totally not his brand because he's very comedy um there's a show called um the shrink next door that's either out or coming out soon um i think it's on hulu and it's based on a true story it's actually based on a podcast which i listened to but um it's a very serious story about someone who uh, a psychiatrist who basically hijacked someone's life, isolated them, and then used all of their money and resources for their own gain and completely manipulated this person. Paul Rudd plays the manipulator, and Will Farrell plays the manipulated. Um, it looks really wow. good. Um, something to, to keep an eye out for, but okay, just I love stuff like that where it's like, oh yeah, it's like a comedy guy, but he plays like something dark. Like Benedict Cumberbatch has played some some diverse roles, but I can't think of anything where he played like this dark, gritty go either way character, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that was almost, I mean, oddly refreshing, you know, because you've seen him as Dr. Strange, you've seen him as kind of a, um, what's it called? The imitation game where he's a little bit quieter, a little bit nerve, nerve wracking, a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. But then this one, you know, that Southern Sherlock, you know? Oh yeah. Sherlock. Yeah. That's right. You know? And I think, you know, just to kind of enhance that point before Dune came out, you know, I've always been a huge fan of Timothy Chalamet. And mm-hmm. people were like, yeah, you know, he was all right. Little Women, he kind of suffered his acting performance there. And, and I always ask people, have you seen Beautiful Boy? For two reasons, not only Timothy Chalamet, but have you seen it for Steve Carell? Because Steve Carell is known as a comedic actor, which he's mm-hmm. very good at. But in this movie, you know, him playing a father of a meth addict, who's Timothy Chalamet, they both, you know, expressed range of acting emotions that you never see in any other movie because it's an independent film. You know, it wasn't in big theaters. It wasn't showcased, but it's my favorite film of Timothy Chalamet because he expresses, you know, a meth addict, and which is kind of the reason people are loving Zendaya with her performance in Euphoria right now. So I definitely, you know, just a, a little plug for Timothy Chalamet. You know, if you haven't seen Beautiful Boy, it's a, it's an Amazon Prime movie, so I, I definitely recommend seeing that. Should we uh, roll into Best Actress?
1: Yeah. What have you got? What are your uh thoughts? So I kind of have the
0: same thing with picture where I have like what I think it will be what a top liner is. And then what I really, 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 really wish. Um, And it's funny. I, I looked at a poll today of like kind of these, it's like a top 20 predictions, you know, for each category. And this is the only one I looked at because I was like, I just want to see if this person is on this list because I think they've been shafted and I'll get to that as the third point. So I think Nicole Kidman is going to win it. I almost feel fully confident that she's going to win it. Um, Her performance and being being the Ricardos was so well done. You know, I love Lucy. Portraying, you know, a a real life person, I imagine is really difficult, but portraying a real life person who was substantially famous and substantially Mm -hmm. massive and has such a massive following, even to this day, decades later, I can't imagine how difficult that is. And she did such a great job. Um, So I think she will win it. I think somebody to look at is Olivia Coleman um, from lost daughters, which is kind of a, a low key film, but I think she's already she's won an won. Oscar. Oh, has she? I didn't know. she. Which, which she, film?
1: I think it was, it was the one about queen Elizabeth. Cause
0: I'm not like, I am familiar, but not familiar with Olivia Coleman. Like I've seen it yeah, in so many it things, was uh, I just don't know
1: what the favorite. Mm. Uh. She, yeah, she won. She won the uh, Academy Award for Best Actress in 20. The favorite was a movie in 2018. So she won Best Actress that year.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think Olivia Colman has a real shot at contending. My absolute favorite performance, and it was ranked 16th on this list, by the way, which it, it really depresses me. Um, but it was Jodie Comer from The Last Duel. I just thought she did such a good job. Like you see her in free guy, by the way, Jodie Comer is the main female in, in free guy. She's so loose. So fun. So like, you know, very different role That picture. (laughs) Yeah. Very different role. And then you put her in the last duel and she, once again, just like Benedict Cumberbatch. So, you know, soft spoken, so intense, so slow with her emotions just so impressive and so that one I, I was so disappointed because she wasn't even on the ballot for the golden globes and i didn't see her name anywhere and i just went on there to see if it would pop up and unfortunately it was 16th but if you haven't seen last duel it is a very very slow burner but go see it for jody comer's performance because she did a great job
1: but yeah that's what i think yeah i to be honest i was looking over the i kind of did the same thing i did a list um and a lot of these are movies i want to see um another one that i was that i've seen thrown around that a movie that i totally forgot i need to watch is lady gaga and house of gucci yes um, i'm also on that boat my friend yeah i need to see that one and i mean obviously she did a great job um in what's the movie stars born it. yeah stars born thank you um
0: which... Apparently, Jared Leto got voted as one of the worst acting performances this year from that movie. From House I mean, of he looks
1: he looks like a you know like a budget Batman villain when you watch the trailer. Like <laughs> he's just kind of like <laughs> you know. He's I like, really like Jared Leto. That's why I'm curious. I'm like, right. what
0: did he do so wrong? You know, I mean, maybe it was the accent. You know, it can't be. He's easy. an underrated
1: actor. He has a crazy range, um, yeah. but he yeah. he doesn't get lauded for most of his stuff. I mean, I know he's doing Morbius. He just did that, you know, he's done the Joker and he, I mean, he's just done a lot of st- Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club
0: is definitely his best performance
1: today. Yeah. That was a, I mean, that movie won all kinds of Oscars. So, yeah, it did. um, but yeah, I, from what I've seen, um, unfortunately I haven't seen most of the movies for best actress, but it, again, kind of just echoing what you said, Nicole Kidman and, um, Olivia Coleman, um, I just thought it was interesting that Olivia Coleman was up again as like a strong contender after winning it a couple of years ago. She, there's a show I really like called, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, it's it's her and David Tennant, which is like a fantastic pairing. Um, I'm gonna look it up, but Broadchurch. That, oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot that um one of my favorite like true crime not true crime but like kind of a dark gritty crime show but i first saw her in that um and with david tennant and she did such a great job but um
0: what is david tennant's name sounds so familiar how
1: do i not know who this is he's the doctor who guy i haven't seen he's... doctor who unfortunately i haven't either but i just know him from that <laughs> He oh, he really? played a he played Barty Grouch Jr in Harry Potter. Barty Crouch oh, Jr. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy okay, with the okay. tongue thing. Yeah, okay. But he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a he's a big name actor. Um but they're both they're both fantastic actors and that's where I first saw her and then when she won the Oscar I was like, "Oh, dang." Like, I mean, she, she did a good she, job in the show. She seems to show up in kind of like she's
0: obviously in big big roles, but also she seems to show up in these smaller independent films. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, she's in she's in the upcoming Wonka film with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah she, she's just
1: like she's kind of like all over the place. But I mean, props to her; she's doing a great job. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And by the way, that's you know that's a news bit in itself. If you didn't know, there is a Wonka, you know, kind of origin film being made with Timothy Chalamet playing Willy Wonka. So, <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there were some leaked photos that were awesome of him in the like the purple coat with the top hat. Mm-hmm. And I can yeah, see that. I'm He's excited. got the hair for it. It's gonna be a musical, which I think is gonna be a little bit interesting, oh. but we'll see how it goes.
1: Man, Gene Wilder was a great actor.
0: Oh, <sighs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. He he didn't pass away too long ago, didn't he? Uh-uh. Oh man, that's sad. As well as Johnny Depp, great performances. All right, should we get into industry updates?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I've got a couple. You've got a couple. Um, I have a big one. Uh, do it. I let's shared this it. with Spencer earlier today, but uh, I've I love fantasy, and you know, with we've brought we've mentioned this before, but the Lord of the Rings show, uh, the Rings of Power is what it's called, is coming out on Amazon Prime in September. Um, today on Instagram, they released a cinematic reveal for when the trailer will come out so uh it's just a little video clip it says um, the trailer will be coming out and then it has some elvish that had to be translated spoiler alert or to save you time it's coming out during the super bowl when all big trailers come so uh, where did you go to translate that the comments
0: <laughs> i was, someone was like, curious i was like I was like, like did
1: you translate that in like google translate and you just put elvish as the like no i'm not whatever. that dedicated i was like someone will translate <laughs> it and so i'm going through the com i went through there's like 300 comments at the time and like 290 of them were like translated i don't read elvish what does it say and then there's like 10 people that were like it's the super bowl like <laughs> and we're like you know okay what? thanks you know what i think about this
0: is i don't think well, and I'm trying to think really hard, but maybe, maybe *Mandalorian*, but not even that. I'm I'm trying to think of a TV series that has had as much pressure as this TV series to live up to the the legend and, you know, just the nostalgia and the incredible story writing that the *Lord of the Rings* trilogy did. Like, I don't know if there's a TV series that has had as much pressure as this one.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. I don't. I can't think of anything. I mean, not, not something that ended so well, because I think, for example, I know a lot of people didn't like game of Thrones, the ending. Um, And so they're bringing back on three game of Thrones series on HBO about different storylines, but I don't think there's as much pressure because the end of the season was, you know, publicly bad. And Mm -hmm. so if you're coming out with a new show, as long as it's just better than the ending, I think people will be okay with it. But Lord of the Rings went on such a high note. It's such a nostalgic, you know, beloved series. And to sort of take the leap and try to continue that, um, I think it's something that Star Wars tried and failed at. Um, you know, but Star Wars is also an exception because that this was the third time they did that. They made it the yeah. original trilogy, and then they came back and made one, two, and three. And at the time, a lot of people didn't like it, and now it's sort of become nostalgia. And so they made seven, eight, nine, and I didn't really like it personally, but I know a lot of people did. Um, so there's mixed reviews on it. So I think that's a great point with Lord of the Rings, there because it was so well done and so beloved, and there really aren't a lot of flaws that people have pointed out with it, or you know, it wasn't bad or poorly done. I think you're right. There's massive pressure for Amazon to get this right.
0: Well, I have a spontaneous question, then. Um, <laughs> it's a Shoot. tough one. I don't, I don't even know what, it, what my answer would be. But what would you say is the most, I don't want to say treasured, but maybe like most, yeah, maybe most treasured three-plus film franchise ever, you know, three-plus movie
1: franchise? Uh, well, if you ask our friend Dallin, it would be the godfather. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, True. True. I would probably say the original star Wars trilogy is probably, I don't know. It's that Lord of the Rings. I think Harry Potter has a lot of fans and it's close, but the thing is like Lord of the Rings hasn't been commercialized like star Wars and Harry Potter. So it's hard to gauge that. Cause I think if you ask people like favorite trilogy of all time, Lord of the Rings would probably be up there for most people. Um, but just because there's no dark Knight trilogy you have that but i don't think it comes close to the other ones just because it's
0: yeah it's not as fan like held you know it's not as fan attached as those
1: other ones yeah plus there's been a lot of iterations of batman over time so it's kind of diluted it but lord of the rings stands alone i mean they did the hobbit trilogy obviously which came afterwards but i don't think you can really compare the two i think lord of the rings still stands head and shoulders above the hobbit I mean i enjoyed the hobbit it was fine but it wasn't lord of the rings so okay because so it sounds like because i
0: agree with you i think if we're taking like complete film franchises i think star wars is like the most it's the biggest it's the most well-known it's the most publicized take okay take the original three star wars and i'm taking the original three Mm -hmm. okay so you're taking three the original three star wars over lord of the rings
1: as in terms of like biggest movie trilogy impact and nostalgia, I would say pro- it, it'd probably be a tie for me. I'd give the slight edge to star Wars just because it did spawn so much after it. Um, and granted it got picked up by Disney. So if Disney had picked up Lord of the rings, I'm sure we would have had a continuation and a lot of development. Um, that's what Amazon's trying to do. But I would say I mean, just think about it. Like there's no Lord of the Rings land at a theme park. There's no theme park yeah. about it. Like people aren't going out and buying action figures or like dressing up as Lord of the Rings characters for Halloween regularly. Like it's based on some books, which are very hard to read. Um, and it's it's like 20 years old at this point, And yet, you know, people still love and, and praise it. I mean, even Dune was like, it has a cult following, but it's not not like dune was a household name before the movie came out right no it's true yeah so i just think i think it's a, just a testament to how enduring lord of the rings is as a trilogy and what and how relevant it is despite not having modern adaptations and and constant like reminders of it through commercialized means
0: yeah and this what is about I you? Mean,
1: and i don't mean to yeah i didn't mean to bring up like kind of a
0: side tangent but i was just so curious and it's it's hard for me because I, I love Star Wars. You know, I'm not a diehard fan. I'm not you know one who can quote every movie, but I I love I love the entire script. I love the entire like cinematic experience. But I really didn't like Episode Four, which is the first film, and it's also And the seventh film. Out. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think the eighth is the worst. I I can deal with the seventh, the eighth is the worst. And the ninth, they just like almost overdid the nostalgia. Um, And so the fourth film is so difficult for me to watch. And that's where I'm like, if you're watching Lord of the Rings, they mesh together so perfect to where it's it's an experience. If you watch the first one, you're like, hey, I'll be back here next Tuesday and we'll watch the second one. Mm -hmm. But when you watch the fourth one, you're like, oh, that was long. Like, do I want to continue doing this? And then you watch the fifth and it's incredible. And the sixth is incredible. And so that's where I'm like, I think I'm going to pick Star Wars, but also maybe because it's been publicized in my face my entire life. And I've seen it more times. I've only seen Lord of the Rings twice. And so I think I'm going to pick Star Wars, but I think Lord of the Rings has a special place in history. Um, in regards to kind of, it's, it's going to be that like film series that you would imagine on a bookshelf that you have to like dust it off. And you're saying, oh, this is going to be magical, you know, and you watch it Mm -hmm. and it is, but I think star Wars is, has got to be the most popular, beloved, you know, three plus film franchise of all time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard, like I said, it's hard to tell and, and it'll be fun to see, um, we can talk more about Lord of the Rings. We'll definitely do a review on that when it comes out for sure. Um, but there's some cool lore uh, with the creating of the Rings of power and things like that. Yeah. That's what the show is going to be about. So um, definitely check out their. I think it's L O T R on prime is their Instagram handle. Um, but they've, they released some posters last week of different characters, like hands. So you've got like a gauntleted Sauron hand holding a sword and you've got different like elves and dwarves and men holding swords and wearing rings and stuff so really cool looking um, and then obviously this Sunday Super Bowl is when the ad or not the ad sorry the uh, trailer will drop the first cinematic trailer for the show so definitely some stuff yeah. to be excited about there
0: that would be really cool. I think this is a good uh, a good segment um, one of my news bits is that uh, John Williams, the composer for Star Wars um, he is turning 90 tomorrow which is kind of crazy to me because he's still working. I mean, he's doing the music for the new uh, Jurassic World that's coming out. Mm -hmm. He's doing the music for the new Star Wars film that they're, they're currently producing, making, writing. But for those of you who don't know John Williams really well, which I know you do, but if you don't know the name and it doesn't strike a bell, the biggest films that he's done, he composed music for Star Wars, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Jaws, the Jurassic parks, the Jurassic worlds, and then some quote unquote, smaller films, <laughs> the Patriot home alone series, Ferris Bueller's day off the original Superman movies, ET. And for those of you who enjoy sports and love Kobe Bryant, he composed the music for his Oscar winning short deer basketball. So he's got quite the resume. <laughs> and I think as much as I think Hans Zimmer is the best today, John Williams will probably go down as the greatest of all time.
1: Yeah. I was was literally about to say that. I was like, I know we love Hans Zimmer and his stuff is great, but there's not a single miss in that list, you know? And those are some of the biggest franchises ever made like hats off to him and and how impressive his music is. And, and the thing is like, for the first section that you listed and even most of the second section, I can like hear the sound, the music in my head specifically, like, it's one thing like Hans Zimmer does a great job of creating music throughout the film I think that is consistently high level but there isn't a lot of Hans Zimmer music like if you think the Dark Knight there's not like one specific song that comes to mind like there's different parts of things I think like there's obviously the like done 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 like that sort of like main thing but you think Jurassic Park like you've got I can hear that music. I think Indiana Jones, The da, 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 you know, I can hear yeah. that. I think Star Wars, yeah. like every single one of them has like a specific sound, like a specific part of the theme song that I can just recall instantly. Um, yeah. He's, I mean, first of all, I don't know
0: where I was or why I didn't realize this, but I thought he was like, Oh, maybe like late seventies. And here he is turning 90. He was doing, he was composing music back in the fifties, like for films. So, and he was probably composing music way before that as well. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's still making music today for new movies and new series that are coming out, it's, it's absolutely astonishing. It just, you know, what? one thing that motivates me with that, and the reason why I love doing this podcast with you is that tells me that he loves what he does. He doesn't want to stop he doesn't want to rest he doesn't want to play golf you know he, he wants to keep going because he loves it so much mm-hmm. so I, I felt like that was a good uh, a good segue from our star wars lord of the rings who actually who composed lord of the rings that's what i'm curious of
1: um i know it was directed by, it by peter jackson um let's see let's just do lord of the rings um it was howard shore
0: what is, what else has he done
1: um he has done let's look it up i know the name
0: it's it's a pretty iconic uh score you know that music was very iconic
1: Mm -hmm. um he's done the silence of the lambs um, uh great movies i mean he's done some kind of weird stuff like uh lord of the rings is by far uh his biggest thing i think Yeah, I'm just kind of looking over his wiki and I don't see anything that jumps out majorly. Like, there's movies that I like that he's done, but nothing that, like, ties him specifically to a movie like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I guess Um, he did The
0: Hobbits as well, right?
1: Yeah, um, I believe so. I wonder if he's
0: going to be doing the new new Lord of the Rings. The new Amazon Prime? Yeah. Let's find out. I don't know if uh, that's out yet. It'll show. I'm seeing no, it doesn't show it. It shows the what he's working on for twenty twenty two, but it is not. Oh, wait a second. We'll be,
1: I think I might have yep. Nope, he is doing it. Uh, Howard Shore and Bear McCreary, whoever that is, um, are doing the soundtrack for the Lord of the Rings on Prime series. Oh, so
0: cool. Okay. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Um oh. Mc- looks like uh mccreary is known for the walking dead um outlander agents of shield and battlestar galactica reboot huh okay i haven't really seen any of those but that's
0: yeah i mean i know outlander's pretty beloved on netflix but apart from that you know it's I think we'll be fresh. And that's what, you know, that's one thing with, with John Williams, you know what to expect, you know, you, you know, that orchestra that, you know, that, that, that sound you're going to get, Mm -hmm. but it is kind of refreshing to see what new people have. I mean, I keep forgetting her name, but the the woman that won best score for the Joker, she was phenomenal. Uh, She did such a great job with, with her score. And so hearing that and kind of having that refreshing, I don't know, like first take, is
1: really nice. Um, let's keep going. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so the next one that I was just going to bring up is last week, Netflix released sort of a giant trailer conglomerate of all these movies that they're releasing this year. Um, most of them look like they're going to be typical Netflix movies, lots of action, probably going to lack a lot of story with big name actors. Um, so they're sort of like those cheap thrill action movies. I think um, from what I've seen, they'll be, you know, they did Red Notice last year. Um, they've done those zombie movies with Dave Bautista. Um, they're just kind of like these, these action thoughtless movies, in my opinion. But a couple of the big ones that they have in that lineup for this year, um, I think by far the biggest one that I have, hopefully, high expectations for being the best one is Knives Out Two. Um, Very excited for that. I liked the first movie. Uh, Overall, I thought it was a good movie. Um, So I'm excited to see the second one. And the first movie was released in theaters. The second one will be on Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any changes there to the style or or flow. A couple of the other big ones, um, Enola Holmes 2. I didn't see the first one, but I know that got a lot of um, good reviews from what I heard um, as people being one people enjoyed. And then another one is called The Gray Man, and that has Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. So, they're that's a pretty good lineup for actors. I don't really know much about that film, but those were sort of the big three that I I took away from it. There's some other stuff on there, so if you want, go check it out. Um, but those are sort of the big three that that pulled my attention from that lineup. Yeah, it's it's a really cool trailer i guess you can call it like an overall
0: netflix trailer because they, mm-hmm. they have the the you know the actors and actresses interacting with the trailer um but definitely the gray man caught my attention because i was like huh mm-hmm. this, this seems like it might be one of those cheap thrills but maybe not because also yeah. on the on the actress side they have uh anna de armas um who was also in no time to die she was in um blade runner 2049 she was also in the first Knives Out, she was the main uh, female in Knives Out. So mm-hmm. I think she'll do really well. I'm really excited for uh, Guillermo del Toro's depiction Pinocchio. of Pinocchio. That's I think right. that'd be really cool. He kind of has a, from, from the first take, cause there's a first look video of Jiminy Cricket and he's not called Jiminy Cricket, um, but he, it's a little bit darker. It's a darker animation, you know, it's a kind of a darker clay, typical animation. Mm-hmm. And knowing you know Guillermo del Toro, he kind of has the dark twist on things. So I'm excited for that. I think he'll do a great job. You have uh, Ewan McGregor, you have Kate Blanchett, um, really good. Jamie cast. Fox
1: is Jamie Fox. Oh, 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 okay. No, sorry. He's in a, he's in one of the trailers for another movie, but oh um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, that's a great cast. I'm excited for that yeah, one.
0: Really excited. Um, I will say, Knives Out too. I thought the first one was so witty and so entertaining. Um, I'm a little upset that they don't bring back anybody besides Daniel Craig but you know you can't have your cake and eat it too Um, so I guess we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah it's sort of those it's following the lines of like the Agatha Christie, Hercule Perot, um, Sherlock Holmes sort of uh, shows where you know it's one detective and they bounce from like you know they go to a, a new town with a new murder and they they interact with new people and then they move on in the next movie or or book. So, um, I get what they're going for, but you know, there was some great acting in that first movie, but then again, all those characters should stay where they were and he'll go to a new town to solve a new case type thing. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: No, that's yeah. If you haven't seen that little trailer, uh, definitely go look it up. It's really cool. Um, so for any masked singer fans, uh, kind of a little bit of controversy that dropped today, which is interesting. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show. I think it's really entertaining. Um, if you know, Ken Jung is one of the um, like judges, and so is Robin mm-hmm. Thicke. And apparently there was a leak um, for season seven that they're filming right now. And the, the Rudy uh, Giuliani um, reveal happened. And for those who don't know, Rudy Giuliani, there's a lot of controversy between him right now um regarding government and trying to you know quote unquote overthrow the government or have secret plans he was um i don't know his former role but he worked alongside trump you might be able to know that better than me but the point of it is is when he was unmasked apparently ken jung and robin thick both walked off stage they both walked off set and they usually are very excited to greet the the contestants and you know to tell them how great they did and they walked off set now it is reported that they did walk back on set but they, we don't know how long they were off so a little bit of controversy um with the the tv series right now hmm
1: yeah I, uh yeah that's that's interesting i know in a similar vein um there's a lot this isn't necessarily movie news but there's a lot of backlash uh at spotify right now um with joe over rogan. joe rogan um so i you know, he said some things that are insensitive and and you know racist and um, Spotify's sort of doubled down on keeping him on there and a lot of people. I saw this. I don't know if it's accurate, but I saw that night that Spotify users are down 19 percent um, right oh, now. Okay. So uh, be careful. Um, who, are you um, yeah, who you back? Yeah, I mean, on?
0: I I mean to be very candid, a I completely discredit those things that he said. Like there's no there's there's no place to say those things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's inappropriate. You can't can't be insensitive regardless of the context, you know. I know that things were taken out of context, but even he said, which I appreciate his apology. He did make a video and even he said there is no place for that. Even though it was taken out of context, there is no context for me using these words. So it's it's definitely an interesting thing because you know I've listened to Joe Rogan I I like his podcast but as a person I don't know him I don't know what he stands for I don't know what he likes and dislikes but there's no there's no room for being insensitive to race to you know political standards, you know gender yeah you got religion you got to be respectful mm-hmm. with those circumstances so yeah I thought that was interesting to mention about mass singer so any mass singer fans out there
1: yeah I wonder what'll make it actually onto the show i've seen a little bit of it it seems like a cool concept but um i haven't really gotten into it as much so um be interesting to see um the last one i had was just kind of a a quick fun rundown um super bowl sunday is coming up there's a lot of um i feel like there's two groups there's the football group and there's the commercial group and then there's a slight overlap and you have the halftime show group um (laughs) which the halftime show is going to be, it's pretty star studded this year. Um, yeah. You've got quite a, a lineup of, of people, but um, this one in particular was, I found a list of supposedly confirmed. This is on people.com by the way. So it's supposedly a list of the biggest commercials with the biggest star pairings. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. So I'm just going to read the, the brand and the, the star, but you've got, Planet Fitness with Lindsay Lohan, which is kind of interesting. Um, You've got Squarespace with Zendaya. You've got BMW with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Salma Hayek. You've got Budweiser with the Clydesdales. Um, That was listed on there. I thought that was funny. (laughs) Um, You've got Bud Light with Guy Fury. You've got Frito-Lay with Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen. You've got another Frito-Lay with Megan Thee Stallion and Charlie Puth. And then you've got Uber Eats with Gwyneth Paltrow, Sam's Club with Kevin Hart, and Michelob Ultra with Peyton Manning. So mm. j- just kind of a preview of of who to expect to see uh, during Super Bowl Sunday and the ads that they'll be in. But um, just kind of a fun list that I found. I don't know if anybody's going to beat Paul Rudd
0: and Seth Rogen. I'm sorry. That, like,
1: duo-wise?
0: No, Zendaya is very much, pop, like, modern-day pop culture. So seeing her... Mm-hmm. Standalone, I think will we'll make a lot of people happy. But as a duo, I mean, those two are so great. I
1: don't know if anybody's going to beat them. I think we'll have to do a little uh, blurb on best Super Bowl commercial afterwards because they always rank them. You know, it's it's kind of become a little cult thing of its own, a little pre Oscar competition, right? Because they're usually in the same month. So yeah, I think that would be a great idea. But yeah, those are my updates.
0: Cool. Yeah, I just have three more, and then we'll dive into movie and TV recommendations. Um, and this is one I actually want to get your take on. So apparently, Metri- or The Matrix Revelations, their production company Village Roadshow is suing HBO for sabotaging their theatrical success. And so the and this has obviously been a huge topic of conversation. I mean, Dune writer and director Denis Villeneuve, he's also very upset, and he made sure that his next contract for Dune Two. Um, did not have any type of, it's it's theatrical only. Um, and that's the whole reason Christopher Nolan left um, Warner Brothers. Um, Carla because... Johansson
1: had the same problem with Black Widow and Disney.
0: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious, I want to ask you, where are films headed moving forward? Because I know that streaming is so popular and it, it's never been popular than it is now or more popular than it is now. But where are we going with films? Are we moving back into the theatrical space because COVID is kind of becoming more contained or handled or do you think will you know substantially move into the streaming platforms
1: um i think based on what i've seen um if you want there's there's a certain type of movie that i think needs to be in the theater just based on the the pure because like obviously box office numbers are what drives movies. So if you want to have a good showing at the box office, you can't be on a streaming platform because, you know, people are paying 10 bucks a month for that service. They're going to watch it. And that doesn't count towards your numbers. Um, So I could, I can see why like a Christopher Nolan, you know, Denis, all these sort of like a list movies want to be exclusively in a theater because one makes them more money because they're getting a cut right of the box office revenue. And so when you sabotage your own ability to make money on these things, you know, no, one's going to be happy about that. So I think if you're doing a movie like, you know, knives out or, you know, some of these movies that have shown up on Netflix or, or, you know, Hulu, they've, they've had movies come out, but I don't think there's any expectation like, Oh man, knives out is going to make so much money at the box office. You shouldn't put it on Netflix type thing, but it's like, oh, if you're releasing, you know, Dune 2, like that's going to make a ton of money. Like Spider-Man No Way Home, like can you imagine if that was on Disney Plus how much less of money they would have made? So I think I think it these it was kind of like an experiment, right? There was COVID. It's like, we'll try it and we don't like it. That's basically what we what they said. So I think for them, for these people that have like Groundbreaking box office revenue generating movies, um, or and also like one on the flip side of that, like you see that these movies that have been released not in the theater still have Oscar level um, competency, like Power of the Dog, Tick Tick Boom, you know that we've been talking about are both on Netflix. You know that hasn't hurt anyone's ability to be nominated for Oscars. So I would say as far as Oscar worthy movies, you'll probably see those scattered throughout but as far as like these big revenue generating movies I think they're gonna probably try to keep those more to the theater
0: yeah I think that's honestly not a bad call I think what what HBO max and I mean it's not even HBO Max's fault what you know Warner Brothers um, you know what I think what they I don't want to say messed up, but I think they went all in rather than speculating, you know, hey, the pros and cons, you know, they, they said, hey, if this is a deal we can strike, let's strike it now. But what I would like to see, because we're not moving away from streaming, you know, streaming no. is is now and for the next who knows how long. But I know that, you know, you and I and many others don't want to move away from the theatrical space. That is That is, you know, a classic, pastime for for entertainment. And so what I think could be a happy medium, and I know it probably sounds way simpler than it really would be, is to have any film, you know, even a Netflix film, whether it's a Warner Brothers in a in a contract that they have with HBO Max or Amazon or whoever it is, you know, to have a six-week theatrical release and then to make the contract that after six weeks, they go to the platform. So for example, Power of the Dog, though it is a Netflix film, to have a six-week theatrical release, and then to go on Netflix and have a Netflix release. I just think that would satisfy both parties because then you have an, an exclusive six week period. Now there are movies like Spider-Man no way home that will last longer, but six weeks gives you at least a substantial amount to make, you know, box office to make, you know, the revenue that you need to in order to prove that this film was worth making, um but then you have the deals you know netflix is not going to be upset that they get a deal with knives out if knives out does you know exceptionally well in the box office and then comes to their platform but i don't know i don't know what that answer is but i think it's a very intriguing topic because it's been a focus in the film industry for 2020 and
1: 2021 yeah and i think as far as i think we're going to see less like less major movies go to theaters and more movies sort of become more available on streaming platforms. I think the, the gap is going to widen. Um, but also you, the, I, I think your idea is great for the contract, but the nice thing about some of these movies is that they can just go straight to a, like a Netflix and make their movie for cheaper. They don't have to mm-hmm. worry about, cause they Netflix is paying them to put their product on Netflix so they're, that's what their money's coming from. And they're okay with that. Um, but if if you're releasing it in the... Th- if you're making a movie for the theater and then someone else gets a cut of the money when and you get a much lower cut and then it goes to the theater and doesn't make as much, then that's hurting the creator, right? The cast, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So um, I think it's definitely an interesting conversation. Um, but I, I personally think there's going to be more... There's going to be less movies that are bigger going to the theater and more of these smaller movies and and things like that will probably start transitioning over more to the streaming platforms but that's just yeah
0: i guess we'll have to see you know we kind of just jump started that process i think 2020 was the real start of like hey we need to figure something out because theaters are closed so i'm excited to see what will happen and honestly it's it's going to be available one way or another If you want to go to the theaters, I'm sure there will be films that you can experience in that space. But if you're like, hey, I want convenience and I want kind of a a more financial flexibility, I'm sure there are going to be brilliant movies that you could stream on Amazon, Disney, Hulu, HBO Max, Netflix. So um, last two bits that I have um, are actually two. uh, There's one movie and one series that got announced that I think will be really intriguing, Um, The first one is called Michael. That's a Michael Jackson biopic that's in the works. Hmm. Um, And the same producer, Graham King, who produced Bohemian Rhapsody is taking it on. So um, I know that there's obviously a lot of controversy with Michael Jackson, but I think many people can agree that take the person aside, you know, the music was, you know, legendary. And Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do with it. If they're going to include some of these darker moments, um, if they're going to bring that to light because they kind of did that with Freddie Mercury. And so uh, I think they have a good team behind them. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Cool. Um, and then last but not least, uh, Disney Plus did announce uh, a Beauty and the Beast TV series is gonna be coming to Disney Plus. Um, and it's gonna be a prequel. So it's gonna focus on Gaston hmm. and LaFoe and their journey. So I think that's kind of intriguing. You know, It's like, instead of the typical Belle and the Beast you know, you kind of have guest on who's, I, I forgot his name, but he's played by the same exact um, actor, which is funny. I don't Luke know. Evans. He's, yeah. Luke Evans. I was going to say, I really, oh, really like him. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. I
1: love Luke Evans.
0: Yeah. He's reprising his role. So I'm excited. And I, I would assume that the, the actor who played LaFoe who's also in the Steve jobs movie um, who played Wozniak, I believe he's going to be in it as well, but I, I would have to double check that. Very cool. But yeah. I'm excited. Um, yeah. Should we, should we get into movie and TV recommendations? Yeah, dude.
1: What have you been watching lately? What do you recommend?
0: Um, So I had the privilege of attending two pre-screenings last week. I felt really good. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. And uh, I will say real quick, do not go see Moonfall. It was absolutely terrible. Um, it was, I, I'll say it was probably the hardest film review I've ever had to write because I don't want to be just like, don't go see it, don't go see it. I wanted to allow... Anybody who goes to see it to understand what they're going to experience. But it, it just felt like they they slapped a script together. They said, Hey, we got a couple, you know, headliners, a couple big namers. We're gonna throw them in there, which sucks because Patrick, I believe his name's Patrick Wilson, who's in the conjuring, he plays the main, like um yeah. the like main ghost hunter or whatever. He's really good. And I like him as an actor, but I thought pairing him with Halle Berry it was just interesting. So get that one out of the way. Don't go see it. But comedy wise, I was thoroughly impressed with Jackass. Um, and I'm not a Jackass fan. I'm not, you know, I did movies. I've seen them. They're, you know, they're fine, but this one just felt a little, a little bit more cinematic, a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more for the audience while the other ones felt like a homemade video. And I was thoroughly impressed. So if you want kind of a comedy laugh out loud film, Go see Jackass forever. Um, if you want nostalgia, I did recently see Licorice Pizza. Um, I felt like the script was ex- kind of stretched out a little bit because it's it's a very simple script, but the cinematography, the acting, first-time performances for both the, the main actor and actress, they did great. And I think you'd really like it. By the way, um, Licorice Pizza, I was so curious. I was like, why did they name this Licorice Pizza? Um, apparently... Um Paul Thomas Anderson grew up in Southern California and there was a a record shop called Licorice Pizza. And huh. the reason why it was called Licorice Pizza is because the vinyl has a texture like licorice in the shape of a pizza. So that's why they called it that way.
1: Oh, so fun fact. I thought
0: that was really cool. Um huh. and then just a sh- just a movie that I watched for the first time over the weekend that was really really well done and I feel like it's taken me forever is The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. It's the first oh, time I've ever wow. seen it. Oh, wow, you haven't seen that. That's a no, classic. Really, really well made and I love seeing Jim Carrey in a serious genuine mm-hmm. role. So, for my for my films, I'd say Jackass Forever comedy-wise if you want kind of a nostalgic reminisce, go to Licorice Pizza and if you have not seen The Truman Show, it's a good uh, good classic find.
1: Yeah, those are those are great recommendations. Truman Show's for sure, classic. So um, or did you watch that by the way? So people know where they can access. Um, it I,
0: I had it on voodoo. So I don't know okay. where it's at,
1: um, but I had it on voodoo. Um, so this last month, um, since our last update, I've I'm trying to think because I haven't had a lot of time this last week. The only thing I managed to watch cinematically this last week was the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, because I was just really busy, so I've been keeping up with that as far as TV shows go. I did finish Arcane um, earlier um, after our last update. Fantastic, fantastic show! Again, I can't recommend that enough. It's I, it's got a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes uh, still. So, and it's I, I part of it is just the animation. Like the animation style is it it's it's not the same as, but it reminds me of into the Spider-Verse with just sort of being groundbreaking. Okay. Um, just a really beautiful show to watch. Um, and the story is pretty good too. So um, again, you don't need to have any information or, or foreknowledge on League of Legends. Um, you can enjoy it completely independent of understanding the world. Um, uh, as a, my, my nieces and nephew have been watching Encanto nonstop. <laughs> Every time they're over, it's on. So uh, that's another one. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now the music in that one is definitely going to be winning awards. I'm pretty sure. So, um, just to kind of tie it back. Um, actually something that I did, it's not quite a movie, but something I haven't done in a while is I, I purchased a video game that I was excited to play for the story. Um, and the game is called dying light, um, stay human. So it's a sequel to another game that was made a couple of years ago by called dying light. And it's, uh, it's a story. It's, it's an RPG style video game where you play as a character who's sort of going through a zombie apocalypse and it, the gameplay mechanics are like parkour and hand-to-hand combat. It is sort of a horror game combined with an adventure game. Um, but the story in the first one ended in, in such a cool way because, um, you sort of got to pick your ending, but one ending was like the kind of the concept is the city is a contained zombie virus. So, it's like walled off, it's isolated. The rest of the world is fine. And so you play as this character who sort of goes in from this sort of like CDC type organization to investigate what's going on. And then he sort of encounters gangs and, and power struggle and you know, builds these relationships with people. But at the very end of the game, he's sort of like trying to get out and he gets bit on the way out and he stumble, he like goes through this storm drain and he crawls out and he's by like this playground in a in like an urban neighborhood with just normal people and he starts transforming into a zombie so he's sort of like in trying to escape he effectively releases the virus and so that was like a huge cliffhanger and i was like man this game looks super fun i want to see what happens in part two um in, in the second game it sort of starts off where the whole world's been infected and um you're sort of like these humans that are trying to survive but um, I'm excited to play that you know I've the story sounds really cool um, I'm only a little ways in but it's definitely uh, pretty intense so if you like video games um, if you like stories you know that that's a good candidate um, so that's sort of what I've been doing lately
0: nice dude yeah that's I think that's our first like video game nod that we've had on the podcast so that's that's really cool and you know who knows maybe that will be kind of a thing down the road yeah um, who knows you, I, I... you, you You'll be proud of me, dude. I, uh, I have actively been watching TV (laughs) and I'm watching three, three series right now. Um, and I put on my list, I literally have my notes to the side of my screen and I put euphoria, 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 (laughs) because, um, (laughs) season two has been some of the best television I've ever seen. Um, this, the storyline is captivating. And I think for one main reason only is there's a focal point on multiple characters, not on one. And I think that was the difference from season one. There was a focal point on one with kind of these sub characters. You are equally invested in so many characters um, comes out on HBO max every Sunday night at seven um, or 9.00 PM Eastern. So it's been great. I loved it. The camera works phenomenal. The music is phenomenal. Um, I have been, I have been watching Ozark season four, which has been great. It's been gritty. It's been Authentic. It's been slow. It's been it's been awesome. It's been a story that you you imagine you'd be watching. Um, Jason Bateman is just such a great actor. Um, very composed with how he's portraying himself. Uh, my brother actually said that the ending is pretty wild, so I'm excited to watch it. By the way, Ozark season four split up in two, so they made fourteen episodes. They decide to split it, so they have seven episodes, and they'll release the last seven at some point this year, and that will be the last. Um, seven episodes of the series and then last but not least i did put boba fett with a question mark um and not because i'm not watching it but because i have a lot of thoughts on boba fett um the last episode does come out tomorrow i believe it is uh it's wednesday
1: Um, well tomorrow tomorrow at midnight yeah technically wednesday so so
0: We will be uh, that will actually be our TV uh, review next week because the last episode is coming out. So we're excited. We're going to be talking about Boba Fett. I do have a lot of thoughts on Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. um, but those are the three series that I have been currently watching.
1: Great lineup. Yeah. And I think uh, like Spencer said, next week we will be reviewing the book of Boba Fett series since it will have concluded. So it will be a spoiler-filled review, so if you haven't seen it, you've got a weekend to – or a week from when the podcasts will be released to uh, catch up on it, see the last episode, and, and come to hear our thoughts and bring yours as well. So pretty excited about yeah, that. Yeah, and they're,
0: they're also – they're 35-minute episodes, so they're not bad. I'm sure this last one will be over an hour, but they're not long. They're not straining on your time. Um, I, I did forget one last piece of news, which I know you'll enjoy – It was very interesting when I read it. I read it today. Um, So a producer of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Man across the Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse. What's his name? Let me just make sure I get this correct. Uh, Phil Lord. um, He gave a quote today that was pretty expansive. And he was asked if um, the Sony, like, Spider-Verse would connect at all to the MCU, you know, multiverse. And his quote was the multiverse is big and wide and all things grow. Why would you think a multiverse in which many things are possible that those things are not related? Hmm. So there's kind Kinda of a said hint something about saying uh, nothing, <laughs> you know, MCU, you know, they might, there might be a little mix up there, but uh, yeah, I know we're both very excited for that film. I'm excited to talk about Boba Fett next week. I'm excited for the Oscar nominations tomorrow There's a lot going on in the film industry. I feel like there was kind of a slow period when kind of the year started and now we're picking back up. There haven't been a lot of films released in the theaters that are kind of big story or big budget, but I think we're starting to pick back up. So I'm excited.
1: Yep. So we will be back next week uh, with the book of Boba Fett review. Um, We will have a guest. Um, It'll actually be my brother. Um, He is one of the most knowledgeable people in regards to star wars that i know specifically he knows like mandalorian lore um, a lot of stuff and uh, i think he'll be a great insight addition to that discussion um, coincidentally he also knows batman better than anyone i know so maybe you'll see him again um, but uh, until next time uh, thank you guys for joining us this was sort of a sort of turned into an industry update slash we did, we explored a couple of fun topics so we appreciate you sticking with us and we'll see you guys next week
0: have a good one